Welcome back to Marvel News Desk. You are best place for all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel film and TV shows. I'm Caleb, and I'm off my usual cadence because I just fought a bird out of my house. Uh, we've got Adam and Rhiannon with us, and thankfully the chirping is gone now. How are you guys doing today? What kind? That was a cool Patreon special. Our Patreon viewers got to watch... One with wings. Or listen as you chase the bird. Yeah, it's video of an empty room and me going, hey, bird, get out of my house. That was, it was weird. Kind of sounded like you in the middle of a forest. We're just trying to figure out how he snuck in. Like, I don't know. We have an AC unit, you know, and it's got the little flaps on it. And I was, I don't know, maybe like the, there was enough of a gap, I guess, for the bird to sneak in. But No, I don't like to think about things coming in through the air conditioner. But I've taken those flaps off and put screens on the other side. Because like. In the hot, in the cold weather, like my radiator's too, too hot, so I like to open the window. But I don't want bats in my house or birds. On vacation, we went to see the bats of Austin, Texas. Have you heard about this? Oh, the Bat Bridge. Yeah, it's really weird. There's yeah. these cracks in the bottom of a bridge, and it's perfect for bat mating or something. So, uh, not mating, but I guess birthing. And so there's just like thousands and thousands of bats that leave a bridge. I was not so excited about it, but my wife thought it was a good idea. So that's where I had my, not the birth bridge, but, uh, the bat exhibit at the Omaha zoos is my first ever panic attack. (laughs) Freaked out. Holy cow. You would not like it. I mean, there's a ton of these things. They all come out at once. And like they told us, so like, as we go under them, you might get pooped on just a little bit, but don't worry about it. So, of course, my six and four year old, they feel like a splash of we took a boat, you know, they feel like a little splash of water from the boat. And they're like, oh, it's bad poop. It's bad poop. I'm like, no, it's just water. It was not. It was not good. Nice. Guano. Um, I was in New Orleans the first Fourth of July after Katrina. And I happened to be, like, on a rooftop in the back of the French Quarter, and when fireworks started going off, the bats came out from, like, throughout the French Quarter. So it was, like, the most surreal moment of, like, seeing that whole historic part of town and just bats everywhere. Really confused. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't really like bats, so that would nope. not be fun. Nope. 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 <laughs> All right, let's jump into our Marvel news now that we've talked about winged uh, nuisances. Uh, so at this point, I think Jeff Loeb is just totally listening to the podcast. Last week, if you didn't hear, our topic was, I mean, we were just honestly trying to come up with content. And so we were kind of talking about Marvel, plus, Disney Plus and Marvel TV. And basically our question was, can Marvel TV still exist or matter once Disney plus comes along? And literally the next day, Jeff Loeb does an exclusive interview with deadline about how Marvel TV will still matter after Disney plus has started. Uh, there was a ton of news in this. I don't even know. Like if you're looking for all the content, I would suggest you read the article, but basically there's a little talk about Hellstrom and ghost rider and the hope that they'll add a few more shows to kind of that cluster there was a little talk about the animated stuff and how they're making those um there was uh, he hopes that legion can keep going if you know noah holly will come back to do something he'd like to see that happen uh there was also 
Uh, talked. He didn't say much about the ABC show because he said he couldn't really discuss any of those things. And he confirmed that there's going to be Marvel television shows on Disney Plus, but neglected to tell us what was there. Uh, Wait, he revived the hashtag. It's all connected. He did. He did. I could yeah. not believe he had the the cojones to decide mm-hmm. to bring back hashtag. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Uh. If I missed anything, guys, feel free to share it. Uh, what were your thoughts upon seeing this interview about Marvel TV and where we're headed with that? You know, I just want to take the moment and ask, you know, what's kind of, what's up with Iron Fist? You know, where are they going to go with Iron Fist? Can we talk about Iron Fist a little bit more? So maybe, maybe tomorrow, you know, the rap <laughs> announces that they're reviving it. <laughs> like... I don't know. Oh, it's, I see. You're, you want to yeah. use our powers for good, is what you're yeah. saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the best good. Um, I heard a rumor that Iron Since Fist is Jeff getting is relaunched. Uh, that's the rumor I heard. Very nice. I heard that the greatest thing about it is the dragon. <laughs> that maybe there was going to be a dragon Ooh, universe. Ooh, a dragiverse. On Marvel television. Yes. A dragon. They're actually... Because uh, Loeb said he's all about yes. the team-ups. Yes. Like old lace, a dragon, <laughs> another dragon, and I don't know, uh, uh, uh the dog, Lockjaw, crap, Lockjaw, Lockjaw. Oh, what yeah. about uh, what's yeah. the name of uh, Shadowcat's uh, dragon? You know what I'm talking about, Kitty Pride. She has a pet dragon, Cyclops. I think it's like Lockheed or something like that. But <laughs> I believe you're correct. So this was interesting. He talked about how he liked the cartoons teaming up to become the Offenders, and he liked how they had like a group of them. Uh, also, oh, they are calling the Ghost Rider and Hellstrom shows Adventure into Fear. I don't know if that's an official title or just what they call it behind the, the, the uh, curtain. It seems like they want to build those shows up into an interconnected thing. Um. Is this a mistake from Jeff Loeb to constantly try to make everything they do build up towards some kind of team up? Like, doesn't that seem to be a a error laden strategy based on what we've seen so far with Marvel TV? Uh, maybe. I mean, they still haven't really had their end game, right? They haven't had their Infinity War. I mean, technically, that was kind of supposed to be Defenders, right? And that kind of no, Defenders was supposed to be their like Avengers. Right. Ten years of the Defenders verse, and you have your Infinity War. Oh, so now we have to start all over. I don't... (laughs) Yeah. Or or keep going. Keeping going is an option, Jeff. I think we should make the main topic tonight, how to keep it going in the Defenders verse. Even though... Adam and I went on a little shopping trip this week. (laughs) I figured we'll talk about that at some point, yes. (laughs) Uh, but the, the team ups did not. I, I I don't know. They're rocky. They're not doing well. The I'm still bitter over defenders. So what's interesting on the Ghost Rider Hellstrom is he's insinuating there's more series and that there's more s- series coming in that universe. So Moon Knight confirmed. Ugh. I don't think that would fit that, would it? I am perhaps. So the th- two things that stuck out were he he called 
um, essentially called everything they're doing Marvel Knights, right? He said that right out of the gate. And then he said they, they've thought of three to four shows that are part of this adventure into fear. So we're getting at least one to two more. Um, and three weeks ago, I would have bet the house on, uh, on a blade series. Right. So I have no idea where, where did go next? The one thing, uh, I think that is working in their favor is, uh, Ghost Rider is a very, um, sellable character, I guess. Obviously he's not Spider-Man or Wolverine, but uh, there there is a certain demographic that will eat that up just because it's a Ghost Rider, um, the brand. Plus, they're starting to get into some stuff that they haven't done before, right? We've we've had street level stuff, you know. We've had Daredevil movies, we've had Blade movies, um, and all sorts of stuff. So hopefully, uh, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom get into something else, right? Kind of Cloak and Dagger esque. But turned up to, turned up to eleven. I'll be heartbroken if they turn friggin' Hellstrom into a, a villain of the week type procedural, right? Like Lucifer. But that's very easy a route they could go. Well, you'd think that potentially Man Thing or like Elsa Bloodstone, those would be options around the corner. Particularly with the uh, the way that Swamp Thing was really loved and then cut really short. You'd think Man-Thing is something they'd consider uh, over at Marvel. Uh, it's just, um, I don't know. I would find it interesting for them to do one of these at a time and take their time, you know? So you might be onto something, right? Because I don't ever see Man-Thing being a uh, a movie play, right? And Swamp Thing... Did a pretty convincing Swamp Thing with practical effects. Um, plus, Adventure into Fear is the whole Man Thing uh, comic, right? That was kind of his Strange Tales or or what have you. So you might be onto something there. I guess I want to be I want to be fair, if nothing else. And as a Marvel shill that I am, I always fuss at DC about like uh, guys let's just make one good movie at a time before we worry about creating a universe and I just think that's a very fair criticism for Jeff Loeb at this point totally why don't we make a good cartoon before we worry about a series of five cartoon shows that are going to overlap or let's actually nail Ghost Rider before we're worried about the adventure into fear like it just seems like they always create shows in batches now instead of just one thing at a time. And I think that he's he's literally trying to force it into hashtag it's all connected. And I just think that's a big mistake. I think they should just do this bit by bit and make sure we enjoy it before you force us into five seasons of it. So, I mean, in his defense, he didn't say Ghost Rider and Hellstrom were going to cross over, right? For all we know, Adventure into Fear could kind of be an imprint of sorts, you know? Uh, okay. You know, he didn't, what, I mean, what did he right? say it's all connected about? So I think that was between movies and TV. That was earlier uh, in the combo. No, no. I mean, back in the day, it's all connected was between movies and TV. It was like the Winter Soldier AOS connection. Right. Um, 
in the Deadline interview, he did it between Cloak and Dagger and Rollins. Okay. So the young adult shows, it's all connected. Which is what he called a hashtag points of connectivity when we asked him about it. So thanks a lot, Jeff. Right? Specifically Jeff. asked you this question. Jeff, just come on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like last year, he was very much not into it. And he says he wants lots of these crossovers. Uh, it also, I mean, this is just a small thing. I get the sense that some of these offender shows are a spinoff of he really liked what they were getting, what they were doing with Deadpool animated show. And that was like the inspiration, which I find interesting. It still befuddles me that they couldn't make that show happen. Yep. What? So why'd you have to bring it up? You know, damn well, it would have been amazing. You know, it would have been top shelf content. I mean, anything Lover touches is great. All right, here's what he said. We suddenly saw that there were three or four shows that we could put together, and we now refer to as Adventure Into Fear. I don't know. Putting shows together sounds like a crossover's coming. I did like that he said that um, this is more, these shows are going to be more terror-based than horror-based. And so, like, he specifically references that they're not going to be Saw and be gore fests, but they're going to be, I think, a little more, um, uh, kind of like the, the heroes feel like monsters. And I don't know it, it, as a guy who doesn't love horror movies, I liked the way he described it. Cause I love like, uh, suspense. I just don't love like, you know, gore. So I thought it was interesting the way he talked about those things. Earlier, he did uh, he did drop Spirits of Vengeance earlier in that very same response, I believe, which is a much better group name than Adventure into Fear. But unless he doesn't have access to that, because right. it has struck me that he only maybe has Robbie Reyes and Johnny Blaze actually belongs to Kevin Feige. Like that's a possibility, right? Yeah, but I mean, Feige's not going to do a Ghost Rider movie. No, but Blade 2 could be like Blade Spirits of Vengeance and they could bring in Blaze as a as a side character, right? I suppose. So would that mean that Danny Ketch was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then or just some unknown? Oh, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> no, nobody cares about well, that. We don't even know if this. We don't even know if this particular particular Luna Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider is the same Luna Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider as the Shield show. Right. Remember, they said it was going to take place totally, in Texas yeah. or something. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait to uh, talk about that. It'll be super interesting. You know damn well they're not going to mention a single thing from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then still tell us that it's, well, it's the same one, but we're just not going to mention any of that. Well, and this is something else Loeb said in this interview, was that there was like, he kind of mentioned that in their minds, the ABC universe and the Netflix universe and the young adult shows, that they were all kind of separate to them. Like, he didn't ever say they couldn't have crossed over. But he definitely said that they conceptually considered the ABC shows a different thing than the Netflix shows. Well, and that's what I was just rereading through, is that he also made comments. Yeah, he's like, it's so nice that Disney owns all of these networks now, and we can do stuff with all these networks. Obviously, working with Netflix was frustrating. 
All right, talking about TV uh, some more. Uh, also, we found out this week that Legion showrunner Noah Hawley, uh, he was talked about the end of Legion, which honestly I haven't seen yet, so don't worry, I can't spoil it. Um, I don't think I'd understand it even if I had seen it. But Noah Hawley, speaking about the end of Legion, was also asked about Doctor Doom, and he basically said it's over now that Fox has purchased Marvel Studios. Uh, that's done. Are you guys disappointed that we'll never see the Noah Hawley version of Doctor Doom? Uh, I think they're up to something because it wasn't but two or three weeks ago he said he just met with Kevin Feige. So unless he means that it's done after he met Kevin Feige or something. Yeah. Um, Maybe that didn't go well. Listen, know. Kevin, we're going to start with a musical number. All right, let me stop you there. <laughs> I know. I know. Pretty much. I think that Dr. Doom is so far off. I mean, I could imagine Fuggy's like, hey, we liked your script, but we're going to make that movie probably in about six years. And Noah Hawley was like, oh, I've got some things to do before then. Call me when you're serious about this. I think that's entirely possible. I There's a quirkiness to Hawley that I think the MCU has with Taika. So as long as they have Taika around, I feel like we'll get like quirky, unusual stuff. It's not a huge loss. If they didn't have Taika over there doing his thing, it would feel like a bigger loss. Well, who knows? Taika might not be around much longer if Disney cans him because Jojo Rabbit screws everything up. Ugh, this is the, let's talk about, this is the dumbest story of the week. We can talk about it. Is Jojo Rabbit screwing everything? Apparently one exec at Disney did not like Jojo Rabbit. He felt like it was too edgy. <sighs> that was Rhiannon yawning, just in case the audio did not right, fully pick it, it up. pick it up, which was my exact reaction as well. I... Oh, like, this... I mean, yeah, you're gonna have stuff that offends all types. So if you're gonna go out and you're gonna get these edgy directors, if you're gonna get these uh, people that are gonna push boundaries, they're gonna effing push boundaries i don't know what were they offended by jojo rabbit the hitler hallucinations the hitler imaginary friend thing i just think there was too much nazi talk for they felt like there was just too much you know third reich for a disney movie <laughs> hmm. right but the thing that's dumb about it is i think the movie's done it like it's already like set to like show at a bunch of like uh, yeah. festivals yeah. and stuff like this thing is not gonna change and sure, there's one exec that didn't love it. Too bad. I mean, they wouldn't have bought Fox Searchlight if they didn't want Fox Searchlight to make what they make. And also, have you noticed Marvel Studios lately? How much flack have they gotten between Brie Larson and stuff about Black Panther? And, you know, like, there's been all of these casting decisions, the inclusion of so many, uh, the desire to bring in more LGBTQ characters into the MCU. Like, Disney is not exactly sitting over there like the social conservative bastion, like not doing anything that upsets the masses. If Disney was about avoiding controversy, they would not do half of the things they've done in the last five years. And so this idea that like Disney would not tolerate a movie like Jojo Rabbit just seems silly to me. Yeah, it just kind of makes one worrisome about Deadpool or something, right? I mean, it's not not Nazis, I guess. Well, and it makes you wonder, you know, I trust Feige. 
how much are Alan Horn or Bob Iger telling Kevin Feige what to put in his movies or at at the point that you've earned what 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 has Feige made 18 billion dollars for that movie studio? like do you do you have a I get to make whatever darn movie I feel like at 18 billion dollars I would hope I would hope yeah, yeah. You would one would one would think, isn't it up to twenty two or twenty three or like twenty five or like thirty or forty? But if I was Feige, <laughs> I would just like have it written down, just like on little slips of paper that I can just push over to somebody when they started being. Oh no, jerk. better than that. You need a little LED monitor that just ticks it over, like hamburgers at McDonald's. You know, yeah. like yes. this is how much money I've made you. Click, click 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 and it just keeps going up and up and up just like he'd be in the middle of an argument and he has like a little app on his cell phone and he's like twenty three five bitches <laughs> right <laughs> you would think all right uh here's a rumor that i don't know if we should take seriously or not the source is ugh, uh the gww what i don't do we know what that website is Geeks worldwide, it's partially uh, part Omega Underground, I think. Okay. Like, I think Omega Underground split up into GWW and uh, what's the other one? HN Entertainment. Okay. Well, they are saying that Marvel is looking for a character codenamed David, who will be the ruler of an ancient distant kingdom, and that the actor should be of Asian descent. Now, immediately, the whole internet said, oh, it's going to be Namor. Do you think it's going to be Namor, or will it not be Namor? I'm surprised. So they got this from a casting grid, right? I assume. Um, So I am surprised they put this much information on it. Uh, Typically of late, they've put, well, we've seen the, uh, what we suspect is the Mandarin, right? It said, like, 40 to 50 Asian male. Um, So who knows? So ruler of a distant kingdom. Um, sure, maybe. I guess who what they'd be casting for Shang Chi. They'd still probably too early to be casting for Black Panther two, isn't it? Unless they're going to announce it at D twenty three next week. Unless they're going to announce it at D twenty three next week, which would be big. Which would fit in with uh, some people saying that it's going to be bigger than San Diego. I mean, you know. Uh, I have another suggestion, which is probably going to be unfairly disappointing to Adam when it turns out to not be true. Wouldn't it be more natural to think that this might be, say, like, Lei Kung or some character from Iron Fist? Hell yeah. Like, I know that uh... there's a huge swath of the fan base that thinks that Namor has to be Asian, but given that you're doing a movie for Shang-Chi... It would seem like this would be a character from a Shang Chi movie, and maybe not Kung, uh, you know, Kung Long, but somebody from that mythos or somewhere from that. It just seems like a much better fit for Shang Chi than to just jump to Namor. Except for people are so excited about Namor they can't get past it. I mean, so well, no, they already cast Mandarin. Um, yeah, I don't know if they were to like cast Ut and Lei Kung. I mean, I would totally be on board with that. Um, yeah, I don't know, I guess. And that's the the, the casting grids are, are so... They no longer tell what the uh, working title is or anything. It says a titled Marvel Project. 
Um, it'll probably say the uh, filming start date, which, I mean, all these movies are pretty much starting damn near at the same time. Yeah, I don't know, man. Everyone, Everyone's loving Namor, and I think... Where'd the Namor, Namor r- rumors start? Did we start it? Can Was it rumors? like... No, I... Was it like uh, we got this covered, or because I've heard it from something else that I fairly trust, but I want to say it started on like a. I don't remember seeing it. Was it on today? One of our buddies, Charles Villanueva, did like a tweet storm of like really bad takes from a certain outlet. <laughs> and I'm yep. trying to remember if there was a name or take in that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it could be Namor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it isn't. It just Shang Chi is a much faster, sooner movie. And while I realize many people would like Namor to be someone of Asian descent, I think it's less a fait accompli that that's going to happen than it is that the characters in Shang Chi would be people of Asian descent. Like, does that make sense? Like, it just I'm just not sure how that all will go down. Uh, it could be uh, Eternals villain too, right? Unless that's who Jim Chan was supposed to be. But I mean, Eternals is starting real quick if it already hasn't, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't naturally fit any character I can think of for Eternals, but if they tried, I mean, if they rewrote, say, Druig, so that instead of like the ruler of a modern Eastern European country. They do it back in time. And he's like the leader of like, I don't know. He's like, uh, Genghis Khan or something. I, I mean, I'm just guessing like uh, there's just, there's, right. there's ways they could mess with that. I'm sure. All right. Next bit of news. And this is the least surprising news we've ever done on the show. Disney has, uh, viewed the new mutants movie and the executives are thoroughly unimpressed with it. Uh, seemingly to the point where they probably don't want to put any money in it. So you have three options. I'd love your prediction. Maybe we'll, we'll put new humans to bed or new mutants to bed and never talk about it again after this. Uh, if you had to guess, will this a get a theatrical release B get knocked to Disney plus or C never see the light of day. What about D B Uh. released at 3am on FX? (laughs) <laughs> TV E Marvel interlaced with some erotic scenes and put onto Pornhub. <laughs> right, exactly. Like that would be best case scenario, probably. Release, but maybe it's like really good soft porn. I don't know. <laughs> Cinemax. Um. I mean, there's no way it makes more than Dark Phoenix, and they've already raked Dark Phoenix over the coals, right? I mean, the CFO flat out said that, oh, the reason we had a bad quarter is because of Dark Phoenix. Um, And if New Mutants is a rated R, uh, Mike says hashtag Nude Mutants. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, I don't know. Hell, put it on Hulu. I don't see it going on Disney Plus if it's this, you know, rated R horror movie Josh Boone. That's who directed it, right? I don't Josh even remember Boone. at this point. I don't know if I think the he fault, remembers the it. fault in your start. Yeah, I don't. Just so so bizarre. Didn't it need reshoots, but they didn't reshoot 
or something or what's yeah i feel like he got status? abandoned once once the fox deal started going through they were like ah oh, we'll just make this disney's problem yeah throw it on hulu man i guess well because there's costs if they put it in theaters they have to do some kind of like they can't put it in theaters and not make tv ads right like they'll have to pay something for um you know trying to promote it so I don't think you put it in the theaters because that's a waste of money. I just think, I don't know, you, like you said, you put it onto a streaming service and you just hope people watch it for being a train wreck, you know, just. Right. There, I mean, there's far less, uh, you'd still have to market it some, but I mean, digital is a lot cheaper than getting all these um, popcorn buckets and cups and posters and all that stuff. Um yeah, it's just, I mean, it, the writing's on the wall with this one. It, I'm just so morbidly curious about how bad this is. As someone who saw Dark Phoenix and absolutely hated it, I can't imagine, like, at least that they saw and they're like, oh no, we could we could do something with this. This New Mutants is so bad, they're like, no, we can't even do Dark Phoenix out of this. How bad is this movie? Like, I'm expecting it just to be totally incoherent. So I think we've hit all the big news. Do you guys want to talk about the auctions and what you got? Or, uh... You done spoiled it, Caleb! That we got stuff. So this week on Monday was the Daredevil set auction. Um, it was a two-day auction. They did Daredevil on Monday and everything else who cares on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, like... I went through the they, they had everything at Comic Con, so I got to see some of it up in person. Got to touch a Daredevil suit, which is as close as I knew I would ever get, because uh, that's tough. As close as you ever get to what? To, to <laughs> that was a <laughs> yeah. That was a sentence it. that was not uh, By the way, finished. Where did you touch the man? <laughs> <laughs> Rumors of it's a uh, PG seventeen <laughs> episode here. <laughs> Yeah, no, the prop store folks were really nice. We got to meet them in San Diego and talk to them for a long time. I didn't really, like, look through it and started looking through it, like, Sunday. Um, I didn't... There was a lot of small print I didn't read. Uh, I I ultimately went into it, like, wanting something I could put up in my apartment, because my apartment has a very Daredevil theme to it. And I settled on... There was a really cool Josie sign. Like... I couldn't really tell everything, and my friends that were there didn't see it, so they couldn't tell me much about it, but shipping was cheap, and it was estimated to go for, like, a reasonable amount. And But I had a crazy work day, and just didn't think it through, and I didn't bid high enough, so I didn't win the Josie sign. I got home from work, and you guys might know, I, um, a couple weeks, few weeks ago, I sold my house. And um, had a, and you spent all the money on <laughs> Daredevil <laughs> Prime. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I. Uh, but in selling the house and all, anyways, when I got home from work that day, I had a check from my insurance company, like the refund of insurance I had paid on the house that I no longer owed, oh, and it was like yeah. free money. Like I didn't budget that I had this, and I was like, I'm gonna put this in the auction. So I got online and like it was like ten twenty away from like all of the Fogwell's crap, and I guys I had looked at it the day before I had seen none of this stuff is you know it's expensive to ship it's ridiculous, um, 
there was a big Fogwell's sign, and my friend that was at the auction was like, look, if you're thinking of that sign, it's huge. And I'm like, eh, I have high ceilings in my apartment. And she even, like, sent me a picture. And I swear <laughs> in this picture, you could see a mannequin, and the sign was, like, to me, it looked like the bottom of the sign was, like, mid-thigh on the mannequin. And it went up, like, another six feet above his head. So it was, like, 10, 12 feet, you know, whatever. I can I can make that work in my apartment. Um, so anyways, I won this Fogwell sign. And it's 15 feet tall. I have 10-foot ceilings. And it's going to cost $500 to ship from L.A. <laughs> oh, no! No! What? Oh my god. So, <laughs> so in other words, if you want Rhiannon to be able to eat next month, please join our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll sell tickets if you want to see a Fogwell sign. It'll be in my apartment. Um, and I even, like... Anyways, so, long story short, the prop store folks are awesome. I've been emailing with them. They're going to cut it in half for me, so it's a little bit cheaper to ship. The reason it's so expensive is that's, like, freight shipping. Like, you can't just throw that on a UPS truck. So they're going to cut it in half. Um, and I'm hoping that takes the shipping costs down. And that means it'll fit in my apartment. So I'll have, like, two halves of a Fogswell sign. Are you sure this is going to fit through the door? Yeah. No, it's narrow. It's narrow. It's only, like... 15 18 inches wide i should look at the specifics i mean i you need to uh we should have a patreon video of you talking to the disgruntled truck driver that has <laughs> to drive true. from la <laughs> through new york city with this pick em up truck to uh, <laughs> deliver this gd sign i mean i imagine there'll be several truck drivers involved and they'll have like other stuff on the truck but yeah i would it would be much more humor if it was just the one sign. Oh, I can tell you, I used to work at a UPS store. They don't like anything that big. Even the seven and a half feet, they're going to be ticked yeah. off. They're going to be like, well, this thing takes up so much space in my truck. Yeah, <laughs> so I actually, Adam, I actually priced flying to LA and driving back with it. I was like, how much could a one-way car, how much could a one-way pickup <laughs> right. truck cost? Yeah, like I'll go to Home Depot, I'll saw the thing in half myself. I'll throw it in the back of a pickup truck, and I'll just drive cross-country. Like, whatever. Um, yeah, that's cost-prohibitive. <laughs> I considered... I mean, I found, like, $200 round-trip airfare. I was like, I go cut it in half, just pack it like a set of skis. Like, you can fly with skis. Like, it's oversized baggage, like, 150 yeah. bucks. Um, yeah. That just seemed, like, too much. I mean... Yeah, the other people on the airplane would hate you. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. We'll see. But if you if you get everyone to stand up, you could probably fit it under like all the seats on one side of the plane, right? <laughs> Just kind of wedge it under every it single checked seat. Checked baggage, guys. Checked baggage. So, Adam, did you get anything cool? Uh, yeah, it's going to go right up there, too. Uh, the Harold Meacham, the Harold Meacham boardroom picture. I already got the nail so on the wall. So what drew you to the uh, Harold several things. boardroom picture? That's just such... It was going for very, very cheap, and no one was bidding on it. And I'm like, okay, I'll bid on it. So I bid on it, and I got it because no one else bid on it. I should have bid on the, uh, 
Wendell ran too because I don't think anyone bit you should on have that bit one. on Misty's arm. Um, that went that went for over like ten it grand, didn't, didn't go. it? No, the bionic arm went. I thought yeah. there was a. I thought her arm didn't Pretty sell. Sure. There was something that didn't sell like that. Um, did we the so the main Daredevil costume went yeah, to the night, Steven right? Denied, so fifty five. Sixty-five thousand. Um, and then Eric Olson bought the final yeah, fight one. Yeah, significantly less. Uh, nobody's checked in with Marco Ramirez to see if he bought anything. And I uh, lost the Ward Meacham boardroom <gasps> picture, probably to Tom Pelfrey. Did you really? No, I wish. I have no idea who's friggin' buying it. That's the only damn thing I wanted, too. No, you went out on the Twitter and was like, nobody bit against me. I, w- I did the same thing with Josie's. Like, nobody bit against me. This is mine. And yet, people still bit against me. Thanks started going for uh, all of Harold's crap was going for super, super cheap. I bought two of his suits. One of them was the he had a fight in the penthouse, and I got that. And then the one where he puked up that black stuff, that one. Um, what else? The, oh, the one thing that was super cool was the uh, Bride of Nine Spiders, that bamboo invite thing she got. Yeah. Um, that, and then the last one was the Torn Sash from Season 2, that Kunlun fight. Yeah. When Davos rips it. That. That's awesome. And then some paperwork from Luke Cage that I regret buying already. <laughs> um, shipping will be cheap. Do you think... Do you think this looks a little bad on Marvel TV? Like, are these... they like funding their? Are they funding Ghost Rider with this money or what? Well, more than anything, like these creators, these guys that put so much of their like sweat and blood into these shows that then have to cough up tens of thousands of dollars for a prop. Like, I don't know. Shouldn't they have offered a Steve tonight like this outside of the auction? It just seems a little kind of weird to me. Don't prop departments always pretty much sell their stuff anyways afterwards, just not in such a public manner? Like, don't they always sell it to, like, other studios and such? I actually read a cool article on that once. Um, Sometimes they do, like, when it comes to costumes, unless it's iconic, the studios just, like, hold on to them because they can reuse so much or whatever. I don't know. I mean... You know they're not going to let tonight walk off with a Daredevil suit. But, I mean, I don't know. You could have, like, sold it to the guy for ten grand on the quiet instead of, like, making him outbid Joe Blow on his couch, you know? Mike says, isn't this for charity? No. Is it? I don't know. No, I didn't think it I was. So. I think it's no. just for straight cash, man. I would. Adam would have felt better about his purchases if it actually had been going to a charity. I would, yeah. <laughs> I already have buyer's remorse on two of the things. Yeah, I would have... I uh, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, oh, Adam and Rhiannon bought some stuff. And she could, like, see the, like, disappointment in my face. And she's like, did you want to get something? And I was like, oh, I don't know. The only thing I really liked was Father Lantham had, like, a communion kit. Yeah, I was watching it And I thought you. that was really cool. And she's like, well, how much was it? And I was like, well, last I saw it, it was going for, like, 250 300 and then her face immediately shifted, and she was like, no, that's okay. I'm glad you didn't get it. You know, like, it went right. from, like, sympathy for me to, like, that's ridiculous. No, I'm glad you didn't get anything. So. I tell you what. I know mm. the person that got the Father Lantham funeral program. So uh-huh. maybe she'll run it through a copy machine for you. <laughs> 
That's okay. I mean, I'm at that point. It's just a, a photocopy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started oh, off as just funny. a photocopy. That was the fun thing. Um, I mean, at San Diego, I was hanging out with a friend of mine that was a Daredevil writer on season three, and she saw like one of the newspapers because they did a lot of newspapers from Daredevil, and she's like, "It was cheaper for us to." run a whole palette of those newspapers than like the five we needed so marvel has a whole palette of those newspapers somewhere right (laughs) that's funny awesome well i look forward to seeing your guys spoils in the background here in the future i'll have to rearrange my whole podcasting setup so you can see my sign (laughs) or rearrange your entire apartment so you can or get a new apartment yeah all right, let's talk about uh, Agents of Shield real quick. Adam and I talked about it some last week. Uh, Rhiannon, I, have you gotten to finish it? Yes, I finished it. Did you like it when you were done? Uh, I'm trying to even remember. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Empire State Building, L- LMD Colson. Yeah. They're in the past. I like the idea of LMD Coulson. I don't know. I almost really need to rewatch it to realize what was going on. It didn't keep my attention, is what it comes down to. There was a whole lot there. I once Gemma and... I mean, I don't know. There was like the... the Gemma and Fitz were just kind of like, oh, we've done this before. You know, like they're being presented with all this stuff and they're like, yeah, we've been through this before. Yeah, we've been through this before. I kind of zoned out because if they've been through it before, I've seen it before. And I've seen it before. Like, your own characters on the show feel like you're recycling. Also, how many season finales now have involved Gemma and Fitz being separated? Right. Off the top of my head, I think it's at least three. There's this one. There's last season when one Fitz dies and the other one's in cryosleep or whatever. And then there's the one where she got absorbed by the monolith at the end of the season. Literally half of the time they end the season with one of... Well, and then there was the one where uh, Fitz had brain damage because he got left in the bottom of the ocean by Ward. Like, literally every season they end it with those two getting messed up somehow. At some point, try another trick, guys. Like, we're really tired of this. Exactly. If they end the, they're not going to end the series on that, right? If they do, it will be the most unsatisfying thing ever. I mean, they're setting it up to, I I don't, is it going to end with the wedding again? Or or what's it going to end with? You know, that's just like, it's beating a dead horse at this point. Like, gee dang it, just give them happiness. Good Lord. Let someone else suffer, you know, anyone or no one, you know, no one has to suffer. Now, there's been a lot of um, suggestions that we're going to see Agent Carter because they're going back in time. Are you guys excited to see Agent Carter again, or would that be weird? God, I don't want a season of all retrospectives and stuff. I sat through one San Diego Comic-Con panel with that already this summer. The panel was just a bunch of retrospectives. Um, I don't know. They better just blow it out of the water and make it something awesome. I love how everyone's dead tired of Endgame and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes along and says, you know what, let's just do a whole season based on Endgame, you know? Let's just have one season full of uh, all fan service moments and time travel and 
We should. Are are we going to do probably once we get closer as what we expect and what we want, right? Sure. I mean, we can. Yeah, it's far enough away. If you want to share it now, people will forget by the time we get to. Right. Next no, year. no, no. That's what I was saying. I mean, it, just because it's it was planned so much, um, and it was ahead. You know, it's almost like a season long thing of the hundredth episode. One would think, you know, especially with time travel. I mean, Trip and Ward. And who else is on it? That Ghost Rider. Um, who would be the most surprising cameo you think in season seven that would come back? Daredevil. Come back. Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. That would be amazing. Ooh, I would like to see. Um, it'd be kind of fun to see uh, Zola and. Um, uh, who was the villain of season one of Agent Carter, the mind control guy? Dr. Faustus. Do you remember this? Oh, no I one have remembers no idea. this. I can't remember. The villain, the villain of Agent Carter season one was Doctor Faustus, who's like a mind control dude. So I don't know. I'd almost like it if there were scrolls, and we find out. Like if we're going to do a retrospective, <laughs> let's find out who through the years was a dumb dumb Duggan. Duggan the whole time was just a, a yeah. scroll. Yeah, Ward was just a scroll. I do think that Loeb and company will finish out that cliffhanger from Agent Carter season two. That never got resolved. I bet yeah. they'll resolve it for us. I think. Uh, we are getting a real Coulson too, right? LMD Coulson's going to die like halfway through and they'll be like, oh, let's just go to 2011 before Coulson Coulson gets stabbed. Or What I'm really worried about is that they'll have everyone's grandpa and grandma and they all look exactly like the character. So we'll get like Ward's grandfather, but he looks oh, exactly no. like Brett Dalton. <laughs> Probably. I know it it's is. It's coming, man. As soon as you said it. Oh, no. Did you, like, read the leaked scripts or what? <laughs> it's just the kind of thing that show would do. With a little bit of makeup or something. Hey, guys. I gotta run for two minutes, but I'll be right back, okay? You're fine, yeah. That uh, Fogwell sign showed up. Already? Overnighted <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. Next air. <laughs> Michael Michael's on a Michael T. Ford's on a roll. He said Gramps Ward. <laughs> Gramps Ward. I like it. All right, we're gonna let's do the mailbag in the middle because I'm interested in Rhiannon's take on our main conversation. So let me pull up the mailbag. Michael T. Ford. Can, I don't know if you can help me, Adam. He had a really good question on Twitter. Can you look that up while I do the web page? I think he sent it to our personal. Uh, too. He has a really good one in the chat. I still like my idea of Deadpool doing uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 over New Mutants and releasing that as a movie. Oh, that's the only one. That could actually redeem it. <laughs> that and would like, be amazing. I don't, know, I don't know why, but you turn it into a Christmas special. That's not inherently logical, but the idea of him doing it in a Santa hat and like... Like, he messes up. He's like, I'm here for the holiday special... Halloween? Who said this was a horror movie? Right. He's all dressed up like a Santa's helper. Yeah. Uh, so on the website, Little Bingo, um, we talked about last week the quote-unquote mostly new uh, superhero show coming to ABC. Little Bingo suggests Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was quote-unquote mostly new. Uh, I think that's true. Meanwhile, Love Waffle, uh, Marvel TV's only purpose seems to be make Marvel stuff for Hulu. That presumably means Feige has no interest in it, so Marvel TV probably better off giving up on the appearance of being in the MCU. I'd be fine with that. I don't know if it'll be good, but I'm more intrigued by an Aqua Teen-style Howard the Duck 
that I am six hours of Hawkeye training as replacement. What my question is, can Disney Plus and Hulu coexist? Companies have multiple TV channels to cater to different audiences. One channel cannot show all kinds of programming. A streaming service doesn't have to adhere to a broad schedule, doesn't have that problem. They can show everything. Unless Disney's just waiting for old contracts to expire before rolling Hulu on Disney Plus, these two services exist side by side. It can only be a result of Disney trying to manufacture scarcity. Uh, that bundle doesn't sound so great when you can't shake the feeling that all three of them should just be in one service to begin with. Yeah, I think that's a strategy thing, though, because there's some people that don't want them all. Like, if you're not a sports fan and you don't want ESPN, then the other two by themselves are just fine. And there'll be a lot of parents that'll want the Disney Plus that maybe don't want the Hulu personally. You know, like, to me, that's that, that model makes sense. Uh, giving people more options is better than less. The reason people hate cable is because they have to pay for 152 channels. And so I like the idea of Disney making it a la carte. Right. And I mean, totally, they're going to be different, right? I mean, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom certainly will never be Disney Plus plays. They're doing this uh, this one series with Joe Quesada on Disney Plus, right? They're doing like yeah. non-fictional stuff. So I, I think one of them is from Marvel New Media instead of Marvel Television. Um, but just because he said Disney Plus shows, they could go this you know, like a storage wars or yeah, I'm not, not storage wars, but like these AMC type show routes, you know, non-fictional history channel type stuff. Um, I mean, that's something they could, I, I would be very surprised. And that's the other thing. He says Disney plus stuff and people instantly gravitate towards daredevil and, and the Netflix shows, but I don't, man, they're going to be disappointed if, if daredevil shows up on Disney plus. Tonally, at least. I think that what Love Waffle brings up that's a helpful question, though, that's interesting, is what does Disney see? Like, why does Disney choose for Hulu and Disney Plus to be... I mean, I almost see ESPN Plus as a different thing because sports programming is so different. But, like, Disney Plus and Hulu, having them as separate services, like, what's the purpose in that? It's not like they save server space or something. Like, there's, there's no reason they couldn't bundle those two together. I really think that their gamble is that it's fan service, that fans want the option or consumers want the option to buy just one or just the other. And they're betting on people liking them more than Netflix that does not give you that option. I've said for a long time, if the average Netflix user who is an adult knew how much of their $13.99 a month goes into buying shows that my kids watch they would be ticked off that they're subsidizing my children's entertainment. Because I bet a solid two bucks of every subscriber fee goes towards animated and children's content. Why should you have to pay that money for, like, you know, preschool shows you're not going to watch, right? Like, it just, that's kind of ridiculous. And so I think Disney is responding to that. But that's just my take. So you're saying preschoolers need to get, need to get off up their butts and get a job to get their own streaming service pay for your own freaking streaming <laughs> no more spirit no more oh what's the name of that show it would have been a funnier joke if i could come at the spirit of cimarron or whatever the horse show no more of that for free did you get that question adam on twitter oh yeah so uh venom 2 we are supposed to rank these three potential cameos 
in order over excitement. So the first one, number one is who you're most excited for. Number three is who you're least excited for, right? Uh, Morbius, Silk, and Black Cat. And right away, I would say that's probably my order of excitement, really. Most excited for Morbius, least excited for Black Cat. So Morbius, Silk, and Black Cat. Yeah, I want him to say Black Cat for Spider-Man, like a real Spider-Man movie. So go ahead and take Morbius. It's going to be Jared Leto, and it's going to be terrible. So just might as well put it in there with the terrible Venom movie. I can't wait. They are going to have him eat a live cow or something. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> so edgy. And then it's... he's going to he's going to send like cow carcass to his co-stars as a rap present and i'm gonna have to write an article about it (laughs) i just have this image of morbius and venom like on a couch debating what the blood which blood of which creature is more tasty venom's like the lobster blood is very good when it's fresh and morbius is like no 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 it's the llama blood that's the best i mean that's just i can see that going down and then adam's gonna have to write a food article about it (laughs) yeah Chicken bloods, to, yeah, bloods, bloods to bloods to drink ranked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Let's. Uh, we're gonna do our main conversation, and we thought this might be kind of fun. Avengers Endgame is now on home media, and so we're pretty close to having the entire MCU all on home video again. I know a lot of people have done rewatches this year. Uh, other people will probably wait till all of phase three is out on the DVD and then they'll do a rewatch there. So we wanted to talk about MCU rewatches and like how we do them or if we've done them and, uh, the best way to do it and the best way to introduce people to the MCU, all that kind of stuff. Uh, let me just start with this general easy question. Have you guys done an MCU rewatch and how many times have you done an MCU rewatch? I have watched the MCU straight through once and I have gone back and watched certain movies multiple times, but I haven't, I didn't feel like I had to binge them before in game or anything like that. Um, entire MCU rewatch I've done. I did it. When did I do it? I did an entire one front to end, um, before, Right around Age of Ultron, probably. Was it just after Age of Ultron? Um, that's including all the TV shows up to date. And then I've done it once afterwards. As well. Wait a minute. You, you did all of the movies and all the TV shows? Yeah. Wow. That must have taken forever. I did that when yes. I first started. A few weeks, yeah. I mean, if you do like uh, a movie a day or a couple episodes a day, it's yeah. I'd say a month probably. How many seasons of TV were there at that point, though? There, see, there wasn't hardly anything on Netflix. I mean, there wasn't any Iron Fist at first. There wasn't any Luke Cage. Right. Maybe just Jessica Jones one and Daredevil one at that point. Okay. I mean, we're talking no Cloak and Dagger, no Runaways, two. Might have been just one episode. No, no, the the yeah, it was first season of Shield because that was Winter Soldier stuff towards the end, right? Yeah, so it was just one season of Shield. So I've done the movie rewatch twice now. I did it the first time when I bought the box sets for Phase One and Phase Two. And by the way, I'm still waiting for the Phase Three box set. Jeff Loeb, if you can uh, put a word over to Kevin Feige, I would very much like to have. Uh, 
a nice phase three box set, just like we have the one and two box set. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, so that's the first time I did it. And then we watched them with my oldest daughter, like one movie at a time over about half a year. And so that was fun. And I have three more kids behind her. So I'll probably be doing at least three more total rewatches as they get older. They're getting longer and longer though, as you try to do them. I also rewatched all of the first phase quote unquote of the Netflix shows for MCU exchange. If you guys remember, I did up like an article of like a rewatch of all of those seasons and, uh, yeah. Iron fist season one rewatch was painful. I was literally doing it in the hospital with my wife had our fourth child. And I tell you what, man, it was impossible to stay awake. I was already sleep deprived and then, like, they're like Harold Meacham board meetings, and I'm like, oh, I cannot take this anymore. So, now when you guys rewatch the movies, do you like chronological order or order of release? Which do you think is the better way to do this? Chronological. Yeah? Chronological. It's got to be chronological. Not order of release, because. Mm. Like, if I would rewatch it now, I, yeah, probably Captain Marvel would be the second or third thing up. Yeah, she'd be second. So, like, the moment when Fury loses his eye, isn't that just kind of weird if it's the second one? Like, don't you want to, like, isn't it more interesting if it's been built up over a bunch of movies? If that's the only reason I'm putting it (laughs) later on, no, not really. I mean, I could care less. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's it kind of builds into his character a bit, right? He's building it up as such a bravado, braggadocious thing. You know, to everyone else that, oh, someone took my eye, and we all know it's just a cat, right? Right. I don't think it takes away from from it at all. So, Rhiannon, you'd be a release order watcher? Yep. I really, I don't see me doing a full watch of, like, all of the shows in order right now. I think it's either I'm in a Captain America mood, or I'm in a Guardians mood, but mostly I just rewatch Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, I, what I don't like is the movie's also like group together so like they purposefully in release order have mixed up genres whereas you get like two guardians movies back to back and you get like civil war and black panther which i think are similar stylistically back to back but release order like chops things up a little more if that makes sense and then there is the uh, michael t ford says what about stingers though and that makes i mean and that's that's the whole other thing you know strictly speaking the film itself right before credits um you'd have to do that chronologically to your own yeah i don't i don't ever see doing a full movie and tv rewatch ever again um oh no i can't imagine a tv rewatch that sounds terrifying to me <laughs> yeah yeah maybe movies again maybe after you know, secret wars comes out in 20 what would it be like 2028 <laughs> 2029. Oh my gosh, there's like 78 MCU movies. Oh. The rewatch takes two months and you're watching every night. That would be painful, I think. Oh no. And then Endgame's right smack dab in the middle. That's it's like a reading a Hickman comic. I do have to say, doing it with kids has been fun for me. Like I like I don't mind doing rewatches if I'm with someone who's doing it for the first time. If that right. makes sense. Like, it makes it a whole lot different. Just doing it myself, I don't think I'd be into. But, like, sharing it with someone who's never been through it, you still get, like, the, the surprise on their part when, like, surprising things happen, which I think is fun. So how do you handle when people 
anytime you're watching, whether it's movies or TV shows, and they're like, oh, what's that about? Like, if you started watching and they're like, but how did Nick Fury lose his eye? Like, do you guys struggle with that? What, to not tell them? Or or not, like, I never know how much to say and stuff. Like, oh, that gets revealed eventually is even a spoiler. Just you tell know? them a cat did it. They won't never believe it. <laughs> with our kids, I always say, just you just had to find out. You have to watch. It's part of the journey. Just like, just. Oh, that's right. You have kids. You're used to questions like that. Oh, yeah. No, we get that in normal movies. Oh, no. Is Cinderella ever going to make it back in the pumpkin? Shut up. Watch the movie. It'll, it'll be resolved. It's not that tense. Come on. <laughs> I want to explain things. Now, so you guys have done TV rewatches, it sounds. Rhiannon, how many times have you rewatched, like, Daredevil, do you think? I have no idea. I'll just turn it on. I, I like certain things that I've seen multiple times to have on to a if I'm like trying to do something else so I don't feel like I need to focus on it. Um, I've probably seen season one of Daredevil in its entirety, oh gosh, like six or seven times, if not 10, 15. I have no idea. I've done that rewatch. I mean, I watched it first when it first came out. When season two came out, my friend and I sat and binged all of season one the day before season two came out, like as a practice binge. And I've watched it at least a few more times, if not just pieces of it. I haven't rewatched any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Maybe an individual episode here or there. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever rewatched a single episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever. I think I've rewatched Defenders once. Maybe twice. That's actually one I want to get back to, because it's shorter. Like, yeah. I want to remember, I want to find out if it was really as bad as I remember it being, or if I enjoyed it. I've watched um, Second Pod Finale several times. LMD Pod Finale, Season 4 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, right? Yep. Yeah. That's a great one. I haven't even watched... I've watched rewatched Iron Fist 2 a couple times. Just the last two minutes of Iron Fist Season 2 over and over and over again. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mourning what will never come. Oh, so heartbreaking. You daredevil people are upset. Walk in my shoes for half a mile. Well, where's your Save Iron Fist campaign? Nobody would do that. (laughs) Nobody would do that. All right, sometimes people ask, they're like, I want to get into the MCU, but they don't want to do a whole rewatch. They don't want to watch 23 movies. If somebody said, I want to get caught up on the MCU, what are five movies I can watch and get caught up? What five movies would you have them watch? So, Winter Soldier. Okay. I feel like you need Guardians 1 because it introduces the Infinity Stones. Okay. I feel... Oh, am I giving my whole list of five? I didn't know if we were doing this as a team effort. Um, I mean, those two, you... If you throw in an Avengers movie... I don't know. You could stick with Civil War and you get to know all of most of the Avengers. And then you could... So if you have those three, Infinity War or, or Endgame... Yeah, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. So that would be... That would be Winter Soldier, Guardians, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Okay, yeah. Mine's really close to that. I would do Avengers, because I feel like Avengers reintroduces the original six pretty well. Yeah. So I would do Avengers, uh, Guardians. You convinced me just in your talk there. Guardians, because it introduces the space stuff. Then Civil War... 
because it introduces you to all the characters in Ultron without being a crappy movie like Ultron. And then Infinity War and Endgame. So that would be, I think that's the five I would catch people up with. So that's all of the Avengers movies plus Guardian. All the, except for Ultron. Leave Ultron out. What do you think, Adam? Would you what? leave Ultron out? Yeah. You need Ultron. Oh, no. Ultron is a must. Another one of these. Why do you need Ultron? No, I'm saying, I'm saying looking back at it, I, I mean, you have two Infinity Stones in there. But they're also in other places. Thor goes on his little quest. Right. I was going to say, so I was going to say, I don't know, my original response was Avengers, then Guardians, then the last three Avengers. Right, I, I think you'll get... Uh, the all four all four Avengers movies and... All four Guardians. Avengers and Guardians, but watch Guardians after between Avengers and Age of Ultron. Right. So, so that was my initial suggestion. Then it depends on... Depends on what, because I mean, you're going to get enough Tony Stark between Avengers and, and you know, Ultron. Uh, I mean, look at Ultron alone, right? It goes, speaks volumes between Tony Stark's character. You don't need Iron Man 3 and the the anxiety and stuff, right? It's it, Ultron's, Ultron does a really good job of uh, covering that. Well, and Ultron does foreshadow Civil War. It's not like the depth of the conflict of Civil War, but you understand the Tony Cat like um the the stress between the two of them just in the scenes in Ultron. Right. Um what else? There's all sorts of arguments uh, maybe Guardians too. No, not really Guardians too. And that's the thing. I mean Cap there's not really any necessary Cap movies, right? I mean I wouldn't say either Winter Soldier or Civil War. If anything Thor Ragnarok um what else? Not not Captain Marvel. Yeah, I would say probably the four Avengers movies and Guardians is what I'd go with. I mean, obviously you're missing out on a whole lot of crap, but I'm sympathetic to Iron Man. Like none of us have mentioned it. The idea that it like just sets up where the universe is pre Iron Man. I don't know. I think it's helpful. But then again, Iron Man makes it sound like there's no superheroes, but then we find out that Captain Marvel has been Zooming around, and Agent Carter was against you know superheroed people in the forties, and Captain America was around, so maybe that's not legit. Yeah, I don't know, man. Rewatching Iron Man, it's I, I think it's mainly a nostalgia factor, right? Yes. Oh, at I am so point, with I mean, you. Every time, every time I look at rankings and stuff, I'm like, man, I don't like it that much. You know, it's you you always see rankings where it's like a top five and stuff. The thing that's hard about Iron Man is I really love the opening. Like, him getting out of the cave is incredible. And then it's kind of fun when he's building the suit, but the third act of that movie, the actual fight with the, like, uh, with the, well, what's the name of that robot? Anyways, the the fight with, with Bridges is so not good. Like, it's clunky, the special effects suck. It's really quick and brief, and it feels very generic. Like it's terrible. I I hate the last half hour of that movie. So, and that's a testament. Look how much visual effects have advanced in the last ten years, right? I mean, you go back and watch Iron Man, and you're like, oof. And how much money that Disney has available to make Marvel movies that Marvel did right. not have available when they made Iron Man. Right. Totally. <laughs> All right, I think that does it. Any other thoughts about 
rewatching the MCU and introducing new people to it. And uh, we've asked this many times. I guess we'll wrap on this. Do you worry if you had a friend who's not watched Marvel movies? Do you worry at this point that it's too complex to invite them along? So I think it would depend on. The, I mean, I think somebody could jump into like Black Panther and just see it. So if it was a friend that I thought would enjoy Black Panther, I'd suggest they watch it. I think there's pieces of it. I think, and and if you liked that piece, you could go back and watch the rest, you know? That's why, and that's why, like, with the five, selecting the five, it's not who I would try to sell the MCU to. Like, if I was trying to sell somebody on loving the MCU... I couldn't prescribe something. It would have to be what that person likes. If that person loves weird comedies, go watch Ragnarok. You know, if they enjoy Star Wars, maybe go with Guardians or something. You know, there's... You can't prescribe stuff like that. I have a friend who I tried to start on Ant-Man. Yeah. Just because she she likes just like, you know, quirky humor, but also like the fact it's kind of domestic and, you know... He, you know, the whole thing with his daughter and the family, like, I just thought that would be the best in for her would be Ant-Man. Did she like it? Yeah. All right, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to watch Ant-Man and totally skip Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and then watch everything uh, else. More more hatred for the totally fine Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> Adam, do you think it's gotten too complicated or no? It comes back. I mean, we've had this discussion before. I, I really don't. And it's hard to be objective right it's hard for me to understand how um how understandable how attractive jumping into endgame cold turkey is right like is ever no one's going to enjoy captain america picking up mjolnir as much as us right if you if you watched everything in the portals you know if you just hop into endgame and you're like why is everyone crying when spider-man swings through the portal right um I don't know, and they do a decent enough job explaining in Endgame. At least there there wasn't any huge question marks. I would say, I guess. I don't know. It's it's getting so complicated. It's not going to get easier. You you know, you either hop in now or or hop in afterwards. But I would say Phase Four is a little bit of a, a refresh. Yeah, right. It is probably a good hopping on point now when we're getting you know, Black Widow prequel when we're getting Shang-Chi, when we're getting um, Eternals and all that stuff. So I guess, I mean, if you can rewatch, you know, the 22, 23 movies, 23, um, by the time Black Widow comes around, you know, you might as well do it. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good thing to do, I guess. We have what? We have damn near a whole year. You just got to start around uh, Halloween and you can do it one one a week, so. Seven months. I think, you know, like with my parents, they liked Endgame. They thought it was a good movie. I They don't think it was a great movie because they don't know the movies well enough. Like, there's all these little references. Like, uh, Bucky looking at Steve and saying, don't do anything stupid while I'm, while you're gone. You know, like, those little things they don't get. But um, and then And that's what makes it so special for, for us. But they still enjoyed it. And so I think, yeah, you can still jump on anytime. That's why I think I... Uh made my parents watch Civil War and they absolutely hated it because they're like, <laughs> wait, this is a superhero movie and we have to end this with everyone hating each other? Um, yeah. 
Well, that does it for the show, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us lots of ways at Marvel News Desk on Twitter, uh, marvelnewsdesk.com. Posts each week. You can leave messages there. Uh, support us over at patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk so that we can buy ridiculously big signs. Uh, get our special uh, film access. Uh, you get special access to our film ranking episode, uh, which we'll probably have to update. We are a lot of films behind on that now. And some other podcasts that are exclusive just to patrons. Uh, also like us on facebook.com and thanks to Alvin for our theme music. You can find him on, uh, the social media platforms at the skull school. And thanks to Tim Cox for a logo. He's on Instagram at Tim B Cox. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends and uh, we'll see you next week guys. Bye.